Welcome to Founder on Founder podcast powered by Phoebe Venture, Phoebe being the acronym of for entrepreneur by entrepreneur, a venture capital tech firm in Vietnam and Southeast Asia. I'm really honored today to welcome Dung, the founder of Nano, a fintech headquarters in Hanoi, Vietnam. Welcome, Dung. Pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. So, man, uh, would you please share with our audience today a bit of your personal academic and, uh, and business background? Yeah, absolutely. I follow a very, very traditional path that most people do. So I went to uh, college in the U.S. Uh, I did a dual major in political science and economics. Then I came back uh, to Asia to work with McKinsey and Company uh, in 2008. And in 2009, we set up the office in Vietnam. Uh, for the first time, uh, the management consulting industry in Vietnam, if you will. And in my four and a half years at McKinsey, I work mainly with banks. So I consult banking clients on different topics, uh, strategy, organization, sale performance, uh, risk, and uh, not just on bank in Vietnam, but also bank in Malaysia, in Thailand. And 40% of my time, I work with governments. I, we consult governments, uh, for example, government of Vietnam on financial crisis, uh, a government of Thailand on trade promotion, government of Georgia in Europe on FBI attraction, right? So it's, it's a very, very formative years that, that helped me ex get exposed to a lot of like, you know, new idea, senior people when you're just an analyst in the room. And so it's, it creates like a, a huge need for me to grow along with the firm and all the challenges in the project we work with. And then so uh, you know, most of the McKinsey guy, when they have the opportunity, they leave for other jobs. <laughs> but before they do that, they, they go to business school. Uh, so I went to HBS for, for a year. Uh, my summer at HBS, I, I joined a company called AP and Beth, basically a beer company. It's like we build a brewery in Brazil and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, 3G capital, yeah. you know it, right? And so basically, we built the first brewery in Southeast Asia for ABI as well, Zoom, right? And we set up the market almost from scratch. So it's I think it started to create a pattern that I always want to do things in my country for the first time. The first one, like you know, management consulting, and then. The, uh, the, the beer industry in a new way because we try to educate the market with the campaign on mid for music. So it's just not about drinking. It's about like having experience, right? Then I joined Uber. It was a pretty interesting story that uh, I still reflected on it uh, time to time. Yeah, everybody knows uh, Uber now, and now I think Uber delivered on being 100 billion companies and above already. But it was really, really fun. And it was, I think that was the first time in my life I kind of took control of my my life. If you will, I just told you about like the traditional path, conventional path, because everybody in my at my school wants to do that. Oh, you want to go to good school, you got to do consulting or Goldman Sachs, you go to business school and you become private equity, whatever, or become you, you <laughs> see, right? And so for the first time, I, I made a, a big call on my life that, okay, this is sort of, it was famous back then in US, but in Vietnam was nothing. And everybody, when I consult them, should I do it? So they said, no. Number one, there's a lot of taxi. Number two, you can never win taxi, right? Number three, what do you want to do with a taxi company? And so for the first time, I feel, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm swimming against the current, against everybody else. And so if I do not win, I go back to school. I can study in my second year of school and we get a decent job after that. I can come back to McKinsey. Or if I succeed, and then I'll be rich and I have a good experience and I'm confident because I made the right decision for myself. Now, looking back, I feel that's the right decision because technically I think, you know, don't get me wrong, not just being um, 
over cocky or anything but when i was at hbs i was at amherst and mckinsey i always feel i'm a little bit or maybe too much insecure is those are the places where they attract a lot of like you know insecure overachievers <laughs> probably i'm one of them and so when i made the the choice to join uber and kind of stick my neck with it it gave me the very very liberating feeling of this is your life this is your decision and no matter what like you win or you lose it's your life and and so after uber that's what the, the choice that i make so after that i, I joined zono pay uh, as you know the ceo of a mobile payment business and i think it was very very challenging from to soft, very similar to Uber to go market. It's a marketplace we're gonna take most, but the game has changed. So how do you adapt to that? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, now I'm doing a startup again <laughs> because uh, I think it's fun because the Zala too, if you think about it, it's the first time that we kind of do social payment at scale. Right, you have mobile payment for a while, Momo did that, other company did that, but social payment, how do we wanna build that, right? And so yeah, now this startup, uh, my startup, is also the first time we do something like that in Vietnam. So I think it's become a pattern, which I'm start to enjoy more and more over time. So almost 20 years of kind of uh, preparation from uh, from uh, HBS, McKinsey, Uber, uh, Zalo, to to launch you your own company, even if you were kind of already entrepreneur at uh, at Uber and at uh, at Zalo Pay. So would you share a few words about? Uh, about Nano, what's your vision? What the problem you 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 solving with your with your great team? Yes. The first thing is we I gotta tell you what we do. So Nano is a payroll product uh, which pay workers daily or on demand instead of monthly for retailers, manufacturers, or any kind of employers uh, to help them to recruit people easier, to help them keep their workers better and also to help the workers not being exposed to the launch work industry which is preying on people everywhere in Vietnam. Now, I don't know if you know the numbers, but people, the number of people in Vietnam who get into kind of loans that charge them more than 50% a year is in the 20 to 30 million people. So that's a third of the population. So just look around, maybe one of your friends or maybe not in that circle, but the people out there working one in the every three of them probably get into this problem. And I think this is problem that is so prevalent in any emerging market. And because honestly to say that in emerging market, underprivileged people have always been left behind or left behind a little bit slower than the other people. And so we feel that this business model actually worked really well in the US, UK and Latin right now. And in those countries, they pay people, workers, bi-weekly. Exactly. And then personal financial product penetration like credit cards, like almost 100%. And they still have a huge payday lending business. And so this model worked well right there. And I said, okay, why don't we just do it here? Because the TAM in terms of number of people is huge. The problem is more profound. And then we have an opportunity to do it there. Now, our vision, honestly, uh, I mean, probably a, a other um, against other current as well. We don't have like a, a rock solid vision that we have to stick to. We want to help our client, meaning the companies, the employers, or the workers, meaning the employee, the people, to get better. Right? Whether the company can keep the people better, recruit people better, saving costs, or helping those workers get a life that is better than before, slightly better. Not, I, I'm not changing the world, guys. I'm not changing the world. I'm just helping them getting their salary earlier, anytime they need, right? The cheapest and fastest. 
I'm doing very, very boring things. I'm not any more, guys. But the point being is, we don't really have that vision. We only have problems that we observe and we learn from our client or users that we want to help them solve those problems. And for now, that will be our employers, partners, and the workers, employees who work with those partners. But that's already a great, uh, I would say, uh, purpose, uh, a great uh, pillar of your company culture to, 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 to serve and help the unprivileged people. Uh, so talking about the, the, the company culture, would you elaborate a bit about the, the other kind of component and characteristic of the company culture you're cultivating at, uh, at Nano with your, with your teammate? Yeah, <laughs> this is also a tricky question because I'm not sure I should tell you the, the honest answer or the PR answer. But still with a podcast, uh, why? might as well talk about the honest answer. Now, I've been in a lot of cool and interesting or like, you know, it's like a, a standard that a lot of people look at. right? And so that and to be honest with you, to be working with and to be living with because we're going to spend like, you know, eight 10 or even 15 hours together every day. And so you gotta live with them as well. And so having the opportunity to work, to live with people that you like, you trust and you respect, I think is a great privilege in life. So that's what we're trying to do when we try to recruit people, not just because it's a cool job or pay a lot of money, but also, you know, we kind of click well together, okay? But the second thing I wanna say is, we don't want to replicate other companies because I think everybody, every company is our difference. And I think the startup world in the past five years or 10 years, we look at a bit high up too much. We're like spending too much money on like pool table or like, you know. Bobby food. Yeah, I mean, those things are cool too. If you are really good performing stuff, you should do that, right? You know, there's no harm treating your employee better. But there's a different bit of the basic. And I think the, the good to have or the great to have, right? We know we're a very scrappy startup. We're very early stage. And again, we're not changing the world, guys. So we want to do small thing that matters. For us, the, the backbone of our culture comes from a few basic principles. Now, again, my team now is slightly older than my team before. So about 60% of the folks already have family. You know, they have commitment. So our first principle is respect your life. What does that mean? We feel that startup is just not a way to make money and build new business, but startup is the fastest way to solve some problem. Because if you if you move fast or you fail, <laughs> so you only have one shot or two shots. So you gotta move fast. Now when you move fast and you can solve problem, either you work or you get a good shot at it or you fail, you have a good respect for time. And I think time is basically irreversible resources or I don't know, uh, not renewable resources in your life, and you, you lose time and you, you're done with it, right? And so having respect for, for time is basically have respect for you and for your teammate and respect for their life and your life, right? And because everyone have commitment. So we say, okay, guys, let's just not, let's don't do bullshit. Let's don't like just spread the word. Let's don't do politics. No and politics. It's just a waste of time. Right? Let's focus on the problem. Let's Efficiency, on, yeah. hard work. So that was the first one, respect for time. Second principle is also respect. We say respect yourself and respect others. Now, what is respect yourself? Uh, respect yourself is not all oh, you, you, you pat on, on your chest and say, oh, this is where I came from, I did it. No, that doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't matter. Right? What we want to do is respect for, for yourself, meaning you know what you can do and what you cannot do. So 
around self-awareness. And, and then tell the difference. If you do something, do it and do a good job because that's what you're meant to do here. If you don't know how to do it or you cannot do it, just ask. And we can work together as a team. Now, that sounds very simple, but most people confuse the two. Right? Either they have a very big ego or they're very too, uh, too shy to speak up and all that. But respect yourself is know what you can do, what you cannot do. When you respect yourself, then you can respect others. Meaning everybody's different, right? Some people have to learn more, learn faster. Some people already know something. And so how to work together by respecting yourself and respecting others come from that. I mean, be, beyond those things, the last thing we have a company culture is what we learned from YC. Talk to your customers. <laughs> try to understand the problem. Try to be their friend. Try to live in the shoes. So, for example, like we we send our uh, our folks and we talk to uh, to our user as well, a company we serve, and we start to understand the plight of the working class people that they live in. And one of the example, which I'm not sure I should tell you now or later on, but I'm going to tell you anyway, is like you know one of the the, the employee at one of the client we serve, right? Her ex husband get into a loan shark for two hundred dollars. And they're trying to pay back for the past two years and you know interest just piled up and so any every time the the mafia came to her place and sort of threatening her her mother and the two kids she needs to find quick money somewhere and before they have to borrow she had to borrow from like you know people or they have to another loan child at cheaper rate just to pay it back otherwise something happened to the family now she get another buoy our product right and when was she, she using a lot, like eight times a month, I said, okay, what she's using it for? I mean, maybe like I don't know, some people's all gambling, whatever. When we talk, we really shock because we shock because we feel, okay, well, this is something meaningful. Not just the product is working, but that we adding value to people's life. Impacting the life positively, the life of the and family. And you know what? When we offer to her, hey, you alone not making us rich. So we're going to waive the fee for you for six months. You pay off the debt. We're charging you again. We're happy to do that. She said, no. She said, thank you. But your product is good enough. And it helped me with a lot of my life. I don't need to take promotion. And this comes from the person who owned two, who earned $250 per month and still get to struggle with loan chart. So that shocked us the second time. Because you can you cannot really, you know, sort of imagine the level of dignity that even the working class people, they earn their living to a respectful job and by her by, by her labor, right? For her time, you gotta respect that. And so yeah, those kind of things where we say, okay, well, again, number one, respect for time. Number two, respect yourself. Number three, respect others. And four, talk to your customers. And we'll figure it out. Consumer first. And you, you just mentioned about the YC, so Y Combinator, which is, as the audience know, one of the most famous, if not the most, the most famous, uh, kind of accelerator or incubator in the world based in Silicon Valley and uh, Nano was the first uh, Vietnamese startup ever being uh, selected uh, by this uh, prestigious uh, label so would you share a bit with the audience today uh, what the other learning and a bit share you your you YC experience because yeah. for us it's uh, uh, it's like uh, yeah, first and a dream foremost, world yeah first and foremost I gotta say we'll be lucky um, I think in my batch, there were 16,000 company apply. Wow. And they said, like, I think 300. So it's still more than before because this is remote this time because it's COVID. And so typically, I think they take 150. Now they take 300. So that's double the size. But yeah, there's more company apply. So I think the accepting rate is like somewhere 1.7% is low. So we're lucky. The 
The other part, obviously, I have to say is I think we have interesting model. We have interesting problem to solve. And I think this business model have social impact angle in them. And so it's a good combination. Uh, among other things, I also have a good profile, so people trust that. But anyway, I think we're still lucky. Now, I really enjoy YC. Uh, I'm not sure the audience needs to know this, but I was not intending to join YC when we got accepted. <laughs> because we gotta, we gotta give them some equity at the low valuation, <laughs> and then we have to. And you know, I've been in sort of world before. So yeah, how this program gonna help become better in two months? Like remote, right? Come on, give me a break. Is it realistic? Yeah. Well, then you know, some investor and some uh, YC alum call me. Uh, I gotta say thank you to you, Olivia, as well, because you support us and you fight for our, our right as well. So we appreciate that. Um, but yeah, we decided to join YC afterward. To be honest. That's also a very good decision that we made. Now, why is a good decision? A couple of things. The first one is I really enjoy the YC experience. I enjoy talking to the partners. I talk. I enjoy talking to the batchmate. I enjoy the learning that they they help us understand. YC is not about amazing rocket science knowledge that you don't know. I can tell you everything I learned from YC, you can find on Google. <laughs> so it's not a, a something of a, a big program where you say, oh, wow, there's you know, a big learning. No, it's not. The, the first thing that YC partner told us, hey, we're not going to help you become smarter. We help you become less dumb, less stupid. Because for sure, as a startup, you're going to try a lot of things. And sometimes you're going to try something stupid. Or two, basically, the we, kind of a good proxy, a good filter to yeah, understand to test your, your go-to-market strategy and your playbook. Yeah, and even this, right? They say, oh, I, we worked with 2,000 companies before. And we, since you have the numbers, you start to see what kind of things that is for sure plenty wrong, something bodily wrong, and something is kind of wrong. Okay? Yeah, and they, they tell us... They oh, have enough data point to identify some patterns. You know, yeah, and so they tell us... Things, mistake that we never should make. And we said, they said, if you learn this and you immerse yourself and understand those things, you become better than 90% of other startups already. You don't have to be smart. Just focus on the key problem, like your user problem, understand how to solve it. Don't make stupid mistakes that other people make, and you have a better chance of success. And I think that's actually very resonating with a guy I used to read, Charlie Munger from, uh, from uh, Bush Hathaway. Yeah. His philosophy, don't get smart, just let be less stupid. So that's, I think, what I enjoy a lot. The second thing is it gave me back the kind of feeling when I first uh, you know, joined HBS. You're going to meet a lot of people who are super cool, super smart, super focused, and super humble. Now, it's really rare to find that kind of combination and a big group of people, even if it's remote, really enjoy talking to yeah, the batch with the partners because they're very cool human beings and very smart. So yeah, I think uh, after, after, after all, uh, and then lastly, yes, uh, YC also helped us with the brand so that we just uh, finished the, uh, you know, the, uh, the seed round fundraising to YC Demo Day. Well, we'll you know, we have a chance to interact with like thousands of investors and we end up with some very good investors that we, I don't think that we have that kind of exposure if we do it on our own. Um, not just with a lot of investors, but very, very good investors, not because they have the money, but also they're super smart. They can add a lot of value down the line in the growth journey of a startup. Right? Now, you think about it, we see what C stage. Hopefully, we will make it to A round, B round, and hopefully IPO later on. And that's going to be a very long journey. 
right? It's not only by like five to 10 years, but at the same time, the company may grow beyond Vietnam or may grow beyond what we do, the specific problem scope we do at the moment. And those kind of things, when you have a lot of people who support you and know their stuff or connect you to people who know their stuff. And remember, this is a global network. It's just not about like one guy or two guys. It's a global network. That is, I would say, an unfair competitive advantage that we're lucky to have on YC. Great. And ending up this uh, fascinating and passionate uh, discussion uh, on a more personal note, um, would you share maybe the you, some personal habits like sport? I know you are uh, you like running a lot. Or <laughs> would you share a bit uh, about it? How you 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 manage a bit the work-life balance between yeah. the sports, family, and hard work? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a great question because I either can tell you um, the the nice answers. <laughs> I can tell you what happens. <laughs> I think the first thing I want to say is running a company and running a, and a startup and an early stage startup is very stressful. Now, some of you may, uh, may, may, may listen to, to the earlier conversation. We had, oh, you raise funding, you have some investors. Well, you have no reason to be stressful. No. <laughs> when you don't have the money, you stress because you don't have the money. When you have the money, you stress because investors will chase you and say, what do you do with my money? There's growth and numbers. And because if you think about it as a founder, you get to live up to your expectation and your reputation. Reputation is the most important thing in doing business, right? Obviously, you may not succeed, but you do your best, right? Until you do your best, you, you're not living up to the reputation, right? And so it's very stressful. Uh, your employees, your customer, your product, everything, right? So how do I deal with that? Honestly, I don't think I am the best guy to say because I think I'm still stressed. I think I'm sometimes I get jittery and so on and so forth. But I can tell you there's some tip trick that help me calm down. Uh, that it may help you, uh, maybe. The first thing I I do every day is I try to meditate for about ten minutes because when and basically when you first thing you wake up, right? You just close your eyes, you sit not tired, and you don't think you just breathe, right? And honestly, you do it every day. Number one, 10 minutes, you have no excuse not to do it. Come on. <laughs> but is it rather to manage your, your kind of stress and calm down? Yes, yes, or is yes. it to focus on the priority? Because as a single kind of founder, you have uh, hundreds of, uh, of steps yes. to tackle every day. Is it yes. to help you to, 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 to have a better it helped focus? Me, it helped me with a clean slate of mind. We, as a founder, we always have 100 things flying around at any given point in time. So it, number one, it's very stressful. Number two, it greatly re reduced your productivity because you're struggling, right? So meditation like that helped me at least every morning I wake up, I feel better. I don't start my day with rat racing, checking out the phone, checking email. I do that later, but I don't do that very, very, uh, the first thing I wake up. And I think it's a habit a lot of people make. The first thing you grab the phone. And your mind starts racing, right? Exactly. And you lose focus. So that it helped me basically uh, declutter my mind. And when I think about certain things, I try to spend 80% of my brain power on that thing without distract, being distracted by other things. So I think it also helped, right? At least with my temperament and also with my focus. So as we say here, focus on the big elephants and let the mosquitoes on the side. It's easier said than that, I would say. Um, the second thing I do is um, I beyond work for sure is I, I try to read. Now I think my 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 bad now is I don't read every day now. But for example, anything around the airplane, 
or at least on the weekend, I try to read at least like 30 to 50 pages, a book that I like to read. Right? Not the easy read, but things that I enjoy reading a lot. To so both disconnect and, uh, and learn. It's also focus. I think we're too exposed to screen, well, either laptop or phone. And most of the thing we don't do it for more than five minutes or 10 minutes. We lose our ability to focus. Reading a book for 15 pages, for example, take two hours, you gotta read it two hours. You, you build your focus again. So I think it's, a, it's another pattern of, of getting back to focus. The it's faster thing, for Bill Gates who is reading 150 pages per hour, still remembering 90% of the content. Yeah, that is very <laughs> tough, man. I, mean, I cannot do that. Um, I try to do deep reading than, than fast reading. Just to hit the and still thinking about all the yeah, big stuff to change the world. I think multitasking is a modern day slavery in, in a way. But anyway, that's just my opinion. Now, the third thing I do is, uh, which my wife complains all the time, but I try to get better at, is try to hang out with my little daughter uh, at least an hour a day or plus. Right? Now, obviously, we're all busy. And when I got to work, she's uh, already leaving for school or like me sometime early, she had woke up. Uh, and when I came back to home, she only half an hour before she go to sleep. And so that's very tight. And sometimes I hang out, I play with her, but my focus is not on her. It's like, oh, remember a moment when you, oh, you're like, hey, baby, how like how's school? And you still play with your phone and reply to some email, right? I try not to do that because I find that hanging out with little children is actually very refreshing for perspective. Look how they look at things, right, for the first time. And it's all refreshing to the brain as well, to me. And so, yeah, that's, I would say the three things I try to do every day, uh, the best I can. Uh, not a good example because I, I fail most of the time, but at least I try and I keep track of it. Super, but thank you for, for sharing with the, with the community. Congrats for your work ethics, your human values, your trajectory, uh, the impact you're having on the ecosystem with the strong uh, company purpose that you're developing and all the best to Nano, all the best to you, to your teammate and honor to know you as a person and honor to, to, to be a, one of your business partners. Yeah. Thank you, Olivier. Without you, we'll, we don't have uh, the place where we are today. So also a, a big thank you to, to you, Olivier as a partner, but also to Phoebe, who put the trust in us in very, very early days. I think without that kind of trust, we will not be here today. But so thank you for that. Pleasure. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Have a good day.